All right. Welcome to the Shot Clock Scribbles podcast here. Today it is Monday the 22nd. I'm recording this around 3 p.m. Pacific time on the West Coast. On this show, we'll be exploring the pulse of the basketball world, focusing on the latest topics surrounding the association. So I realized in my previous show, I didn't fully introduce who I am and what I do and my love for the NBA game and where that comes from. So I figured I would start out the show with talking a little bit about that. All right. So a little bit about me. My name is Tendai Mkandawire. I'm located in Sacramento, California. This is my home base right here in the capital of that state. So I go to a lot of NBA games at the Golden One Center throughout the season. And how did I really become in love with basketball? So a little backstory. Pops used to come to the U.S. during the 80s and 90s, and he brought a VHS tape of the 92 Dream Team. And I remember just watching those videos time and time again. Fell in love with Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Ewing, Pippen, Stockton, Malone, etc., etc., Larry Bird. And I just love basketball from that moment on. So that's what got me into basketball. I used to be a really big Kobe fan, still am to this day, rest in peace. Actually, today marks the anniversary of the 81-point game against the Raptors. Um, So that was my favorite player growing up and still is to this day. And I'm a Lakers fan, so some of my intake and my thoughts could be biased just because I I do support the Los Angeles Lakers but I do live in Sacramento so I cover the Kings quite a lot so some people don't really understand um, the whole dynamic of the whole Lakers and the Kings thing which I support the Kings but if they're playing the Lakers I gotta support the Lakers because that's my team so that's a little bit about me I go to more than 75% of the home games I'm going to the game tonight against the Atlanta Hawks Trey Young is not playing tonight, unfortunately, which sucks, but it is what it is. He's in concussion protocols. All right, so before we get started here, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Bella Brew Cafe. They have two two locations, one in Atomas and the other one in the Fair Oaks area. So if you're thinking about having some brunch with the boys or the girls, this should be your go-to spot here in town. They also have a really good lunch and dinner, and they have a great ambiance inside. So they're known for their artisan breads as well and their bakery. So before you leave, make sure to take a look at the glass case. And on top there, they do have the breads available. The cranberry walnut is to die for. So if you ever stop stop in at Bella Brew, make sure to take a look at that. The great thing about Bella Brew is Liz, the owner, And their staff over there, they use local resources in their food. What does this mean? They work with local farmers and producers to give you the best product. So visit BellaBrewCafe.com to place an order or for more information. All right. So what are we going to talk about in this podcast today? So a couple of different things. So... After we talk about the hot topics surrounding the league, we'll turn our spotlight on the exhilarating clash between the Denver Nuggets and the Boston Celtics from Friday night. And oh boy, what a dandy that was. A game that kept us on the edge of our seats. It unfolded with heart-stopping moments and a nail-biting last shot in 
regulation with JT. I'll be dissecting the thrilling highlights, breaking down key plays, and capture the essence of this unforgettable matchup between these two powerhouse teams in the East and West. Next, I'll shift the focus on the team spotlight with the scorching hot Phoenix Suns in the Valley, who have been setting the NBA ablaze with their stellar performances fueled by the dynamic trio of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. So the Sands have been balling out lately. They've been delivering electrifying basketball. All three players are healthy. That's most of their points. That's where they will come. So join us as we dissect their recent victories, analyze the synergy of this three-headed monster team, and explore how the Suns have been a force to be reckoned with in the league as they are on a five-game winning streak. And then at the very end of this pod, we'll have some changes in the additions to my all-star selection since our last episode. I did tell you guys that I might make some changes, and I do get to make some changes and add one player each in each conference. So I'll be talking about that. Standout performances demand a re-evaluation of the best of the best, really. So join us as I revisit my previous picks, introducing new faces, and adjusting the lineup based on their latest on-court exploits all right big news around the nba let's talk about the oklahoma city thunder versus the minnesota timberwolves so the big thing out of this one is anthony edwards had a quote after the game he said it's hard to with the calls that shea gets it's hard to shut him down you can't touch him at any time of the game So it's super hard to beat. He said, that team is a good team, especially when they get calls like that. So I have my two cents on this, and I think it's total bullshit that Anthony Edwards is complaining about free throw discrepancy, SGA getting to the line a lot of times. So let's go ahead and dissect that here. So Anthony Edwards missed free throws three of them to be in fact at the end of the game the score was 97 to 100 and he got fouled on the three which Lou Dort what are you doing fouling him there just let him take that shot and second he missed all three free throws so he missed the first two and he tried to hit the rim on the last one but didn't hit iron at all so that's a violation Thunder got the ball they throw it in to J-Dub they foul him and basically the game is over so my whole take is I keep hearing about Ant, oh, he's the new Jordan, he's the new Kobe, whatever you want to say, which he has been crazy balling out this year. We saw that dunk off the board, which was just ridiculous. But I need him to take accountability because you can't be complaining about SGA getting to the free throw line and then you're not hitting your own free throws. Like, you could have definitely kept your team in the game there. Maybe not win, but at least keep them in the game and just kind of see where things go. So, yes, SGA did get to the line a lot, um, which I've seen him here in Sacramento. He got 19 calls (laughs) here in Sacramento uh, the first time they came here. They've been here twice. But, look, SGA averages around nine free throws a game, which is high, especially for a guard. He's getting to the line quite a lot. But you know why? Because he's shifting his body in so many different ways that he's baiting the defenders to get to the shot fake. So if you you stay on your feet, you're not going to foul him. But as soon as you make any quick little changes, 
like he will get you up in the air and he's going to draw that foul. So defenders need to be more mindful and more smart when they're guarding him because he's looking for the defenders to bite uh, that shot fake. So he goes downhill quite a lot. He's very aggressive. He's top five in the MVP race right now. I have him right now at number three. A lot of bigs in that in that top top ten and top five, but he's repping the guards pretty nicely in this game in this age. So that's what I think here. I have a graphic in front of me too. These two teams have played each other three times this season. The Timberwolves attempts have been ninety three from the free throw line. And free throw attempts for Edwards alone has been 29. Versus the Thunder free throw line, they've gone to the line 74 times, and SGA has attempted 26 of those. So, what this means is look, Ant is just choking in the final couple seconds of the game here, and is complaining about SGA. SGA had a post on Instagram that he normally does talking about the whole post-game thing they're talking about my whole post-game thing which is just absolutely funny but hey and listen you're 84 almost 84 percent free throw shooter you should be knocking those down in crunch time when when time is calling for those uh, free throws to go in so that's how i look at it that's how i see it and you need to take responsibility you can't be blaming sga uh for that so let's switch gears now to Imani Bates. This just came out today, but the incident happened on, on the 20th here. I did see the video. This is an NBA pod, and we're shifting in the G League, which is the affiliate. But let's talk about this. So the Cleveland charge forward Imani Bates, the second round 49th overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft, and Gabe Osabuin, the former West Virginia product, have each been suspended for two games without pay for entering the spectator stands after the charges 126-105 road loss to the Birmingham squadron on January 20th. So the suspensions were announced by NBA G League president, who actually used to play for the Sacramento Kings, Sharif Abdurrahim, Monday. So that's what went down just recently today. And so this is what I think about it. I don't know if it's going to be a hot take, whatever you want to call it. But look, NBA fans, G League fans, you got to be careful because these are grown human beings and they do have feelings. So if you're going to be saying something to players in the stands, be ready for all the smoke. So if you want smoke with these people, they'll bring it right back to you. We always see fans going after Russell Westbrook, too. And we saw that clip of the fan coming down and talking to Russ. I think Russ was like, hey, come come down here and say it to my face. And he did say that. Like, I think you suck at basketball. And then he, Russ said, get your ass back to your seat. So fans, if you go to the games, be careful for what you're doing because you might set the wrong person on fire so not so sure what happened and what was said i just saw the video there's a quick video on youtube i think it's like five second clip where it shows imani basically going to the stands and then it basically shuts off um at that so there's always two sides of every story honestly uh it is what it is 
but now I'm kind of wondering exactly why he fell to the second round. I'm going to mainly talk about Imani Bates here, not so much about Gabe, because let's just be honest, Gabe averages three points a game. So I'll just leave that at that. But he did fall into the second round, which honestly, he's a baller. He, he, he can score in the, in the G League. He's averaging almost 25 points as, as of right now. But look, I know how these teams are. This is a business and they go around talking to almost every single person that you've been interacting with ever in your past. And I'm starting to kind of think, okay, he fell late in the second round, 49th overall pick. Like what happened? Why did teams really not want him? Obviously, he plays with a chip in, a chip on his shoulder, excuse me. And a lot of these teams, the they assess the risk and the value that they can get in return. It's a business. It's simple as that. So I want to give you guys a quick little insight. In 2022, he had an incident, September 18th, 2022, to be exact, in um, where Bates was basically arrested on felony charges of carrying a concealed weapon and altering identification marks on the firearm. So the next month, October 19th, he pleaded guilty to a mis- misdemeanor charge of attempting to transport a loaded firearm in a vehicle and his felony charges were then dropped so it sounds like maybe he's had issues with the law here i don't know if that maybe was a reason of why he went down Uh, i could kind of see why maybe that would have been one thing um of why maybe he fell into the into the draft but this is not this is not a good look especially if you're i mean he's a two-way player but if you're really trying to get a contract in the nba this is Stuff that you, you shouldn't be doing really here from the Michigan product. So that's what I think about that. It just came out today, so I just thought I would talk about it real quick. Not a lot of news comes out of the G League here, but I thought I would say something about that. And just just be careful, fans. If you're going to the games for what you're saying, you could <laughs> don't be trying to duck smoke if you're if that's what you want. All right, let's switch gears now to DeJounte Murray since he has been talked about in trade talks recently. So let's go ahead and talk about him real quick. So DJ actually plays tonight right here in Sacramento. DJ last week, I mean, pretty amazing stuff from him. He, he hit two game winners back-to-back, the first against Orlando and the second against Miami. And so he's been in these trade talks because it looks like the Hawks staff don't see him and Trey really being a one-two punch um, moving forward. So I know that DJ recently posted a picture of the banners in Miami most recently, and it looks like as of today, the Miami Heat are no longer interested and they're looking for cheaper options in the market. So let's just kind of look, look at his salary here. He is not cheap. That's That's for sure. This year alone, he's, he's making around $17.7 million. And in the next couple of years here, his base salary next year is $24.7. The year after that, $26.7. 2026 to 2027, he's owed $28.7. And then he has a player option uh, in the season of 2027 to 2028. And that base salary is going to kick up to 307 and then in 2028, he is a unrestricted free agent. He'll be 32 at that time. And so that's 
what it'll cost. So it's not going to be cheap if anybody is trying to get DJ right now. It's not going to be cheap. But he's a great player to watch. And I listened to his podcast with, I think it was All the Smoke, which kind of dove into several different things. But I love his game, man. There's this graphic I have on the board right now. That first game game winner that he hit against Orlando, for those that don't know, Paolo Banquero and him have had a little beef <laughs> in where uh, DJ was doing some things and Paolo was doing some things and they don't really like each other. I know... DJ said that he respects Paolo. Not so sure what Paolo thinks about DJ because I haven't heard it. But there's this graphic that I have up here. So the most go-ahead free field goal makes in the final minute of this season, in the games this season, Paolo has five and DJ has four. So that's pretty impressive. Paolo is actually becoming one of my favorite players right now. I think he's one of the most exciting players to watch and he definitely deserves that all-star nod definitely gets that for me but dj has been playing some good basketball lately this season he's played 42 games and you know what he's actually balling out he's he's averaging 21.1 uh rebounds 4.9 assists he's averaging around five from the from the field he's averaging 47.1 uh and then three point percentage here is 38.2 he's not known for his three ball i mean just yeah he's not like the most potent three-point shooter ever but i love dj's game man and i'm excited to watch him tonight for the first time but i think the heat are looking at the side at the salary here you know pat riley and spo looked at that and they would definitely be evaluating cheaper options so that's the last topic here for my hot topics, and we're going to switch into the game spotlight. We have the Denver Nuggets and the Boston Celtics. All right, so let's go ahead and break this down. This game was very exciting to watch. This could be the finals this year. Let's go ahead and see what happens. But it was a great game to watch, and it came down to the wire with JT missing and KCP playing some great defense. It really came down to their defense, which we'll be talking about here. But Boston was 20-0 this season at home. Best start in franchise history, actually. And they also snapped their 27-game home winning streak, which stems back to last season. So the Nuggets come into town Friday night and end that streak here. So a couple of notable things that really stuck out to me. So only two points in the final minutes and 50 seconds for the Celtics, which is not good. That's very ugly, actually. That's not going to cut it, especially in the playoffs. So crunch time really remains to be a concern for Boston moving forward. I just didn't think that they got into their offense that good to finish off the game, really. They had a couple of time. They ran out of play. Uh, Joe Mazzula did out of the timeout where they threw the ball at Tatum. And he went to the rim. He passed it to KP. I think they ended up shooting like two threes and getting an offensive rebound or something like that. Maybe that was earlier. Or maybe they caught a timeout after. But that was not a good play. Listen, Joe, you get the ball to your best player and make him make a play. I think think that was a good choice in my honest opinion. And they're just not clutch in the last couple minutes of the game, especially if it's a close game. I don't trust Boston to win that game. Yes, you got JB, you got Kate, you got Derek White and Drew Holiday. 
usually finishing out the game here, but I just don't trust those guys to finish off the game, especially if it's a really good team like the Denver Nuggets, which the Denver Nuggets really played great defense to finish that game off. That's what really did it, which I'll be talking about in a moment here. So one of the plays that happened is Nikola Jokic baited two Celtics players to basically get in the paint after a free throw. I think it was Brown and somebody else. And the refs reviewed the play and decided on a jump ball, and the Nuggets won that tip. So, I don't know. In my opinion, I didn't like this. I think in that situation, you give the ball to Boston. He's baiting the players to basically jump in the paint. Yeah, I could hear the, the argument that, hey, those players shouldn't have gotten in there. But he's literally hesitating at the line there and then jumping after the two players have gone in front of him. So, I didn't like that call. I think the Celtics, even though I don't like him, I'm just speaking honest truth here. I think the Celtics should have gotten the ball back there. And really, things weren't looking favorable for the Seas, really, to finish off that game. I just didn't feel confident. It kind of looked decent. Uh, I mean, JT had a flush around the two-minute mark. And then there was a play where he missed the go-ahead layup where... He thinks he got fouled. Maybe he did. I don't know. But he had four Denver Nugget players around him, and he was looking for the call. He didn't have a really good angle at all to really shoot that ball. And I think in, in that situation, you you bring the ball out and wait for your offense to come back, and you 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 wait for that screen and do what you got to do or pick the, the the player that you want to go against on the, on the switch there. So I think you relax. If you're JT there, you relax and wait for your players to come down the to the other side there. That's that's what I think about that. And going back to the C's offensive woes, Celtics took a long time to get into their offense on one of the plays towards the end there. They give the ball to JB, which I talked about, give it to Kate. Listen, Joe Mazzula, give the ball to your best player and let him run his offense. Let him do his thing. If he gets doubled, so what? Spray it to somebody else. You've got players that can make a play. Spray it to somebody else. Make make somebody else take a shot uh, great defense by by Denver as I said here um, the last player of this game here JT with a turnaround jumper and he misses it didn't really have a, that great of a look at it because why KCP the NBA champion uh, was great to even contest JT on the catch look he was <laughs> he was playing such good defense that he made JT work for even the catch which throws JT off balance and I just didn't really think that he was confident in making that last shot there. So championship caliber defense from them. So the C's lost this one and they bounced back last night against the Houston Rockets. A couple a couple of big things from this game here is Jamal Murray, which I didn't have in my all-star reserves or the starting lineup. He does have a good game in this one. He has 35 points. Jokic dropped 34 points in this one. And was very efficient. He shot it at 30 or 63.8 from the field. So really good stuff there. The Celtics, Derek White had 24. KP had 21. Jason Tatum finished off with 22. And Jalen Brown, pretty slow game on his side. Only 13 points. Uh, he was not very good shooting the ball. In fact, he was 31.6% from the field, which is not good. Tatum wasn't that much better, 37.5. Your other players and your starters did have better percentage. KP, 
54.5. Derek White, 50% from the field. And then Drew Holiday with 42.9. So that's that game, and that's how it went. All right. So before we move on here, I want to give another quick shout-out to Bella Brew Cafe. They have two locations, one in Natomas and the other one in the Fair Oaks area near Jesuit High School. If you're thinking about having some great brunch with the boys or the girls, this should be your go-to spot. They have a really good lunch and dinner and have a great ambiance. They're also known for their artisan breads and their bakery. So before you leave, make sure to take a second look at that. The great thing about Bella Brew Cafe is Liz, the owner, and her staff, they use local resources in their food. So what does this mean? It means that they work with local farmers and producers to give you the best product farm to fork here in Sacramento. So visit BellaBrewCafe.com to place an order or for more information. All right, switching gears now, we're going to be highlighting the Phoenix Suns, who are hot on a five-game winning streak lately, and they got their big three back, and they're playing some really good basketball. Bradley Beal comes back from injury, and these guys have been playing very good basketball lately. I think this is what everybody had expected to see at the beginning of the season, but injuries were were a thing. All, All three of these guys have missed some games this season with Bill being the most. But these guys are getting better here, and they're heating up. So I want to talk about a couple of different things with with them. Phoenix has been playing great, great as of late. They showed a greedy win against the Sacramento Kings uh, the other week. They smacked the Lakers a few weeks, weeks ago, which was an interesting game to watch. I think that was their best game that all three of those guys have had. I think all of them, they combined for like 80% of their, of their points. And last night, actually, I want to talk about last night because I watched that most of that game. They nearly beat the Pacers without Tyrese uh, Halliburton last night. I think Frankie is a great coach, and he played this one right. So a big thing out of this game that they played here is they targeted Buddy Hield on the pick and rolls and went at him. We were just like, okay, all right, Buddy, you think that you can play defense? All right, well, we'll light you up, and let's see what you can do. So I think I think Rick Carlisle should have taken him out on the defensive sets, but he left him in. I just didn't think that was a really good choice because he was getting cooked by D-Book and by by KD. I just think that you, you take him out on those defensive sets. I think they only have maybe two timeouts left to finish off there, but I think you take him out and bring him back in the timeouts for the offensive sides. Pascal had five fouls too, so he had to be careful to finish this game off. Some of those fouls were really not smart, especially against KD, but he had a pretty good duel with with KD. Pascal did for a good chunk of the game. KD got the best of him. KD finishes this game with 40 points in 40 minutes. So high usage rate, but very efficient game. I think with, with K... Like his games, and you watch him, he's just so efficient. Something that he re- recently said was like, "Hey, D book, like don't worry about me. I'll get my shots. Like you don't have to worry about having to spray to me all the time. Like I want you, my PG here, uh, D book. Go, go, go ahead and get yours. Don't, don't worry about me. I'll get mine. And honestly, there are a couple of times in this game where he got the ball, and he just he he's just so smart, and he he gets to his 
favorite plays and he just makes it look so easy especially at that length he's just unstoppable so and this one the big three for phoenix accounted for 77 percent of their points so i think they're showing the league now what everybody wanted to see really from the jump so they hover around the 10th and 11th spot for their offensive rating and overall rating while they are in 10th in three-point percentage and then they hover around mid-table excuse me they hover around mid-table for their defensive rating 16th to be exact here so i'm gonna switch gears and talk about devin booker because he's he's just been playing lights out basketball and i recently added him to my all-star selections D book has been really cooking lately and book had a 50 piece in nola most recently high efficiency 52 percent from the field and 60 percent from three which is just astronomical great numbers um, for a guard here uh, one of the best players that uses the glass like yeah i know we always talk about timmy duncan using the glass but D-Book, I think, is probably the best player that uses the glass the most to his advantage. I just don't know why a lot of players don't do that more in today's game. I see players just going straight for the, you know, for the, you know, for hitting the net. Like, go ahead and use the backboard. Just kiss it off the glass. It, it, it can be your advantage or is an advantage, especially if you're in certain corners or different different looks around the court. Kiss it off the glass. I think D-Book has one of the prettiest shots in the league and I, I get it a lot of people don't like him because he complains a lot and he's not everybody's cup of tea and honestly he's not mine sometimes either but I respect his game Devin Booker in his last two games versus the Pels here most recently he dropped 52 points four rebounds five assists six three point makes and he was 18 from 30 from the field and the game before that 58 points six rebounds five assists six threes made and he was 21 for 35 from the field so deep book he keeps receipts we all know zion going with the windmill dunk to finish off the game which set off both teams to finish off uh, one of their games last season i just think th- these guys have a history here and deep book you know he keeps receipts he always keeps receipts in his last five games book has been killing it listen to this he's been he's been scoring almost 32 points five rebounds 7.2 assists he's shooting almost 51 percent from the field and 33.3 percent from the three and then we all know he's a great free throw shooter close to 92 percent there so the last couple games these guys they, they beat the pels they beat sack they beat the Blazers, they beat the Lakers, then they dropped two games against the Clippers and then against Memphis, they beat the Miami Heat, lost to the Clips, beat the Blazers again, and then had two wins against Orlando and Charlotte. So I think ever since New Year, oh, I'm sorry, ever since Christmas Day, they've been playing a lot better here. In their last game, they're 7-10. and 10, And Deep Book is just looking to be more aggressive and is not looking to always give Brad or Kevin the ball. And 
Also, another player that's worthwhile to note is Grayson Allen, the Duke product, has been playing really great for them. In fact, he's in the 50-40-90 club, which no one else is in that club right now. So what is that club? It's 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. And he is the only one that is in that league right now. So he's playing very good for them. He's been picking it up and really playing great basketball after he was with the Milwaukee Bucks there. And I think also they have players that can help them out on offense and defense as well, such as Joshua Kogi, Eric Gordon. We all know he can he can shoot the ball lights out. He gets the cup too. Nazir Little, Jordan Goodwin. So Frank Fizz, John Lucas III, staff over there would be happy with their team's most recent performances here so let's see they go to chicago and they're on a road trip so let's kind of see how they perform moving forward all right so to finish off this pod today here on monday the 22nd i'll be talking about changes to the all-star lineup that i had in my previous pod so in my previous pod i had a total of 22 players instead of 24 so i'll be making some slight changes here and there from the east and west. So let's go ahead and dive right in. In the west, I had LeBron, Joker, KD, Luka, and, and SGA for my reserves, which actually my starters remain the same. I'm not going to change any of those. My reserves is definitely where I'll be making some changes. So in my reserves, I had Kawhi, Fox, Ant, AD, Sabonis, PG. So the one notable change I'll be making here is I'll be adding Book. So I need to have 12 in each conference here. So this one's pretty easy. I'll be adding Book to that list. I'm not taking anybody off. I heard the podcast this morning with Wendy and the team. Fox didn't make any of their, any of their picks there. I mainly had Sabonis, which... Honestly, there's going to be a lot of players going to be left out, and especially the West is very, very tough. So the big change I'm making here is I'm, I'm adding Book. He, he needs to make it. He's just a baller, and he's playing great this season. All right, and jumping into the East. The East, I've been making one slight change to my starting lineup. So previously, I had Giannis, JoJo, JT, Spida, and then Tyrese Maxey. I'll be actually taking Tyrese Maxey out, um, and I'll be changing that with Halliburton. So my top five starting lineup is Giannis, JoJo, Tatum, Spida, and Halliburton. For my reserves, I had Bam, Derek White, Bancaro, KP, Juju, Jalen Brunson on my previous list. So I'll be adding one more. Actually, I'm taking them from the starting spot to the reserve so I did I did write Tyrese but obviously we have Tyrese Maxey and Ty- Tyrese Halliburton and those two kind of got me confused last pod I just wrote Tyrese <laughs> so I think I, I totally forgot about my boy here so the changes I'll, I'll be making is I'll be taking Derek White out I'll be replacing him with Damian Lillard who's been playing lights out they're sitting in the second spot in the east so I have to have him on there and then I'm adding Tyrese Maxey to my reserve. So that's who I have here. 
All right. So that's that's it for today. I'll come back with another pod sometime this week. I'll be going to the Sacramento Kings versus the Atlanta Hawks game tonight. Trey Young, I did mention, is out this game, but it should be an exciting game to watch. So I'll come back with another pod. I appreciate you guys listening in. Make sure to subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, and make sure you guys follow me on Instagram, Shot Clock Scribbles. All right, thank you. Cheers.